12 feet. That's it. You should know from when you fell. I do. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. So I didn't, I wasn't even thinking that at that point, which is like, there bait tags on their yeah. bait as well. That's mm -hmm. something I think. Yeah. I think people might kind of get themselves in trouble over that a little bit. And just that little tiny, I mean, just an inch or two, that sound like boom. He came in and he wouldn't leave. And I, I, I had to, sh I shot him. <laughs> and he was a nice bear, like a really nice bear. Daryl, we're back. JT, we're here. <laughs> How you doing today? Doing good. And you? Good, good, good. I'm doing great. Season Hunter, episode two. Episode two. Man, they're just flying by, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did get some uh, tons of positive feedback and from the last episode. Yeah, I was really happy. You know, it was our first try, and uh, I, I was really pleased with how Didn't it turned out. Didn't have a whole lot of cuts in it. Not a lot. <laughs> Had a few, but not a lot. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can keep that. Yeah, yeah. Keep that up. But whatever. I mean, you know, we'll make our mistakes for sure. Yeah. So what's been happening? Uh, well, to... you know, it's March 15th today, I guess. Yeah. And um, I've been shed hunting. That's I what know. I've, been doing. I've seen that. That's good. Freezing. Been doing okay. Yeah. Not great, but... I had a super slow start last year, so I'm pretty happy with uh, what I've found so far. Good. But hopefully Good. it gets better. See, Idaho, we got some news here last week that we were the last state to approve uh, lighted knocks. Right. And expandable broadheads. And How do you so. how you feel about that? <laughs> oh, I ain't going to lie. Um, it, I guess the only thing that kind of bugged me was... My personal opinion is our Idaho uh, fishing game commissioners should have been the ones that, you know, kind of headed it up. Instead, uh, I understand, you know, some people kind of went around and went to the legis legislature and, the, you know, the government, went the government way instead of going through the way I feel the proper, proper way. So... I was a little bummed about that. What is your uh, version of the proper way? To get well, just gone through our commissioners. That's mm -hmm. what, you know, they why should have made there. the call. Yeah, they gotcha. should be the ones who uh, have the big voice in it and and not, you know, I mean, the, our legislatures, senators, and, you know, those type of people, they, some of them don't hunt, you know, where our fish and game commissioners, they hunt, you know, they're sportsmen. Right. And so they, I feel like sometimes you get a, uh, you might not get the right, I get the right person uh, that maybe knows what they're talking about or understands it. Right. And I do have mixed feelings, you know, I'm not going to lie about the mechanicals. Maybe I'm just don't know enough about them because I know there's a lot of people that uh, kill all kinds of big game with them. Um, you know, the only thing I'm hope hoping is that uh, especially for the people that shoot a lighter arrow setup kinetic energy i think is is going to be a key is making sure everyone out there has good kinetic energy before they and put a good mechanical on there right because there's a lot of ones that aren't the quality top quality and and you know 
I think a person needs to make sure they're spend the money, get a good one, and have good kinetic energy. And I think with that, you know, if that's the case, they'll probably be okay. I'm still not sold on them yet for elk. But right. I know there's people out there that kill them. But yeah. It'd be interesting to get some uh, feedback maybe from people that are listening to this. Yeah. Because honestly, I, I don't have any experience with them. I, you know, it's been a few years ago, but my brother shot him for a while uh-huh. and he got away from him because he, he was hunting blacktails in Northern California and he, uh, he had shot a buck and it, he did kill it, but he got his broadhead back or his arrow back and the broadhead never expanded. Oh, and so, which was crazy. But then at that point, he's like, hey, now I'm done with him. But that was like, I say, I don't know, five, six years ago, whatever it was, maybe even longer ago. And, um, he, uh, you know, maybe they've changed by now. I mean, I'm I know sure they're better. There, yeah. You know, I'm sure somebody up there out here will, uh, be happy to tell us some information. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I, like I said, I don't have any experience with them. Have you shot them before? Oh, I've shot them. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I've had them in my quiver out hunting, was gonna hunt with them. And I always, in the back of my mind, not I just... Not in Idaho, though, right? No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, like Arizona and Alaska and Nevada and all three of those states, I had them in my quiver, and I was planning on shooting them. And when it came down to it, you know, there's something to be said about going in the field and having 100% confidence in your equipment. Right. And maybe it's because I didn't have experience with them, you know, or enough... Uh, like feedback from other people that have shot them. And I always turned around and just went back to my, you know, fixed blade heads. And, mm-hmm. and so it's not like I, I wasn't close minded to them. Sure. But, um, you know, when I have heard up, um, buddy of mine and I were hunting down in Nevada, in fact, and I had mine in my quiver and he had a couple in his quiver along with some fixed and, I know he went to check one of his, and there was no blades in it. Oh. They'd completely fallen out. Oh, wow. Not saying that they're all like that, because right. I, I know there's some good ones out there. I'm sure there so, are. Sure there are. Um, and I can't say who's good and who's not, because I don't mm. have any experience. But I have shot uh, lighted knocks before, just kind of messing around. And, yeah. Um, I, I um, honestly don't really have a problem with... I think it'd be good to be able to find your arrows. Yeah. I guess they got some with Bluetooth and everything. And oh. I don't know how <laughs> that fancy. That seems a little extreme. It extreme does to me. me but, yeah. But whatever. That's yeah. cool. I guess you wouldn't be that, do, do that stuff. But. Yeah. But, and you know, I know people are going to use them. All I could say is I just hope that people use common sense and think about the animal, you know, and, and, and have uh, good kinetic energy mm-hmm. to make sure they deploy. I don't know if you knew this or not, but I know this area was like one of the first places, one of the first expandables actually designed here. No, did not know that. And the, um, so like the high point of the back part of the blade, the higher, the taller part of the blade on a, it looked like a fixed broadhead. It had a little notch in it. And the idea was that side was sharp. That little notch would catch the skin and then there was a hinge on the back. Uh, it would open up, and that side was sharp. Oh. But it was, uh, you know, this was back in the day when uh, a lot of the, I mean, we're talking in the 80s, I believe it was, when a lot of the blades were only 10 thousandths thickness. And these were, weren't were stainless steel blades. You know, they were, I think they called them like a carbon blade, and they could actually rust. Um, wow. And, you know, and hats, my hat's off to the, 
person that, you know, uh, came up with that idea. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he, I'm sure, did the best he can. And I know some guys who shot him, and I know they had some problems with the deploying the one blade. There were four blade. One blade came out early. At least the ones I've been around were four blade. Okay. Um, that totally slips my mind the name of them. I wish I remember that. But anyway, so, you know, Idaho, just like 65% let off, uh, allowing higher let off than that. We were the last state for that too. So mm-hmm. here we go. We're in, we're we in like the mix. This. I think, I think Idaho, we're getting totally off subject of what we're going to talk Idaho. about by the way, but I think Idaho, uh, a lot of times like sees how things work in other States before they move forward with that. I feel like that's, and I think that's not a bad, bad gig. Yeah. But yeah. tell me, I, and like I said, I don't know much. You, you obviously have a lot more experience with the expandables than I do. And neither of us have much. Yeah, but I don't have much. But what, what's the advantage versus a fixed broadhead? Well, I know for a lot of people, and this is a misconception too. A lot of people think that you shoot, you shoot your target points, you sight your bow in, expandables are going to shoot exactly the same. In a lot of cases, they do. But there is those cases that they don't. And I here again, I hope people take the time to um, to actually shoot them and make sure that they do. Gotcha. Um, I've always thought that, you know, and I've known some people that have actually used expandables. And they said the reason why they liked them is because they didn't have to worry about tuning their bow with a fixed plate. Lazy. And, pardon me? <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say that, but... But I'll go with that. And I mean, that's what it was, (laughs) you know, and, and, um, so that's probably, you know, that's one of the advantages. Um, and some have some really wide cutting, you know, cutting edges. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I just be careful. Use common sense. I think that's been, think about what you're shooting, right? You know, um, an antelope compared to an elk, that's big difference. You know, like in California, you know, I own hogs over there quite a bit and, and, this my personal opinion with that that uh, thick cartilage type uh, armor that's around their vitals. I just, gosh, I mean, you'd have to be shooting a lot of. That's uh, good. A good point. You know, I mean, years ago, back when I used to shoot eighty some pounds and heavy aluminum arrows, you know, it may not have been as much of a factor as now shooting carbon arrows. You know, four hundred forty some grains or thirty some grains, whatever I'm at. Right. Um, you know, and I, I lower, I've lowered my poundage significantly since then. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know yet for me personally, I, I'm kind of certainly on the fence and, yeah. and here again, you know, like it says, I, I'm, I'm, wasn't a fan of the, um, the way it went through, through legislature. Yeah. That's that. the, that's the, probably the, you know, people, though, I just hope people understand that, you know, that. They're excited. A lot of people are excited about expandables, lighted knocks and all that. But the way it got uh, passed could have a significance on the future of our seasons. Exactly. That's the bad part. Right. You know, because now they kind of got their finger in the in the pie, so to speak. Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong. Right. Um, but... Anyway, it, it's in, it, it's done, so we can't really go back and change anything. And right. My guess is we're going to get a lot of uh, feedback on this conversation. I hope so. I and I mean, I don't want to, um, you know, I'm certainly not trying to stir anything up like we. No, we, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll yeah, be a good I want to learn some things. I'm sure we will. Absolutely. Yeah, because like we, we've already stated, we don't know much about yeah. 
those really and i really literally know nothing i've had zero interest in them ever and i probably won't even try them at least not right away yeah Uh, i'm very happy with the broadheads i shoot me too i think i'm sticking with them yeah me too but i'm kind of excited about the lighted knocks i'm not gonna lie i think they're kind of cool and yeah uh, I don't know what the downside, I guess, is of that. Uh, I'm sure there was a reason they wanted to hold off. And, and I think uh, it was just any electronics, gotcha. you know, any type or any type of thing, battery operated, right. you know. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I kind of think that's what it was, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, but like I said, I've messed with those before, and they're kind of cool, kind of fun, you know. That's what I have always thought too, and and you know, doing the the video side of what we do, I think you know, having watched videos where guys have shot light and knocks, I yeah. think it's cool. Yeah. And it's it, you know, I, you can see. Not to mention, you can watch that footage if you're happen to be filming. And see exactly where your arrow hits that animal. Probably help fine arrows too, you know. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, there's been a few times where, um, you know, you shoot an animal and you're not quite sure where you hit them. Right. But if because you couldn't find your arrow. Right. But if you found your arrow, you'd be able to, you know, see if it's frothy or dark red or guacamole, whatever <laughs> on there. What you don't want to see. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, and I've always wanted. What we were going to talk about today is bear hunting because it's that time of year, right? Or it's almost that time of year. I heard for us. I heard robins when I pull up to your house. I've been hearing them down at my right. house by the river, and that always gets me excited when I oh, start I... hearing and seeing robins like springtime, exactly. bear season, turkey season. I cannot shed wait. Shed hunting. Yeah, shed hunting. I always struggle between the bear hunting and the shed hunting uh, because, you know, I love to do both. And you know, something's got to give at that April 15th for us here. April 15th opening for bear. Yeah. So like some bear. of the draws are open April 1st. Right. So by the way, did you draw that tag? No. So Daryl put in for a, uh, limited draw. Is it any weapon tag? Yeah, I believe so. There's no baiting, no dogs. It's spring hunt. It's, um, um, it's starts, I think April 1st, if I remember right, gotcha. till the end of May. And, and I, I didn't draw again. But I've drawn it, and I mean, and lots of bears, lots of fun. But we're really fortunate because even though I didn't draw, we could still go bear hunting. Exactly. There's plenty of places to go That's get one bear. Some units in Idaho even have two bears. Mm-hmm. And I know, yeah, for even like non-residents, you know, it, it's pretty, it's not super expensive because we got a lot of bears. Way more than people I don't think, think people realize yeah. how many bears are in Idaho yeah. <laughs> or just in the, in general, holy cow, you put a trail count out, can, uh, excuse me, put a trail cam out on a, on a bait site and see how many bears you get just off that one site. It's unbelievable. I remember, um, and I don't get too far off subject, but I remember right. years ago when they were trying to stop spring bear hunting. Do you remember that? I do. And so that year, this is before I used trail cameras, cause for years it was like flip of the coin. You just hope they come in right when you're there you know exactly uh, yeah, i did that for a long time <laughs> yeah um but i remember they were trying to stop it <laughs> it was my birthday which is june 1st or june 2nd and uh they i had to go to the courthouse and change my driver's license and there was a gal out there with her paper trying to get signatures to stop bear hunting oh boy so i went in there and i thought she was hitting people as they come out she was hitting them up so I thought, all right, lady, <laughs> wait till I come out. Exactly. And I literally, I had my bow and everything in my truck. And as soon as I got done there, I was heading up to go to bear hunting. 
And <laughs> I come out and she's gone. And, but she still has some stuff there. I'm like, all right, she's around here. So uh, I see her out in the parking lot with somebody. So I sat in there and waited until she came back. And then I walked out. And she said, you know, she asked me if, um, if I'd sign this petition to stop spring bear hunting. I go, why do you want to stop it? She goes, well, you know, we just really don't want these poor little bears. People just throw a donut, jelly donut out there. That's how she said it. Jelly donut out there and lure these bears in um, and, uh, you know, and then shoot them. She goes, and I says, so is that what you think it's about? She goes, yeah. She goes, I hunt too. And I fish. And I says, really? She says, yeah. And I says, well, uh, what do you hunt? She goes, oh, I do some bird hunting, you know, some upland game bird and pheasants and uh, duck hunting. I says, so you use duck hunt, you duck hunt too, huh? She goes, yeah. And I says, and you fish? And she says, yeah. I says, so do you use decoys when you duck hunt? She goes, yeah. And I says, and a call? She says, yeah. And I says, isn't that luring them in? And you're shooting the poor little ducks. And I go, I'm assuming you use bait for fishing. And she goes, I can just see where we are not going to agree. I says, no, exactly right. Until you understand it. And then I went on to tell her, I said, in fact, that year I had three baits and I hunted quite a bit. Never saw a bear all season. And just because you put a jelly donut out, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and I told her, I says, I challenge you next year to see how much work is put into this and just to see how easy it is. Right. I says, there's so many more bears out there than most people think. Mm -hmm. And granted, like I said, this before I used trail cam. Back in those days, I mean, the trail camera, and you may not even remember this, <laughs> the seasoned hunter part, right? is they literally had a camera with a string. Oh, I do not remember that. That's hilarious. And so you'd get one shot. You'd right. get one picture wow. and, and hope that it was even what you're trying to get a picture of. And then sure. you'd have to go set it again. There was a little pin. How funny. Pull off. Yeah. yeah. So that was the first trail cameras. That you is know, a out. true seasoned hunter right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's exciting this time of year and starting to, you know, kind of bump up the little workouts and right. I'm sure you are too getting yeah. out there and exercising. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, that's honestly, when I first started shed hunting, that's why I yeah. started is to get that for the exercise. And I totally can see that. I know a lot of guys use it as that. Yeah. That's, that's good. I think that's I did really about good. 12 miles yesterday. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's with a pack on, yeah. it's, it's hard to get that kind of exercise sure you know yeah and that's awesome not yeah to, not i to get off subject too much but i just got uh just this last a uh, little bit over a week ago i bought one of those uh outdoorsman um atlas have you seen those before uh, um you talked to me about it a little bit and i've i i don't know if i've seen that one i've seen that style before they're pretty badass really so, cool so you got your pack frame and then uh they've got it looks it's same diameter as like a um, you know, regular bar that you put plates on and it's got a clamp on it. Uh, you can put up to like a couple plates, whether they're 45s or 25s or hundred pounds, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but it mounts right on their pack frame. So you still got the full effect of a pack frame, which I do have uh, one of their packs. Uh, it's one of the packs I got. Um, so I was really excited that to get that, uh, from them and super cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can, the cool thing about it is you can just add, you know, another plate 
you know, start out with 10 pounds or so. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> I, that's okay, right? <laughs> yeah. I live close. I got that grade close to my house. Exactly. So it'll, it's a good place to, yeah. and I just think I just found me another llama. So I'll be getting, yeah. And I think, and we haven't talked about this yet, but I would like to do a whole podcast talking about llamas. And, uh, I think that's going to help extend season hunters hunting yeah for years yeah yeah <laughs> but, for sure yeah. and i don't know i don't know anything about those either but uh I'm sure. but i've used them used them for bear baiting in the past yeah and, and i'm looking forward to it's a good way to keep them put them in shape too that's actually a really good idea yeah i hadn't thought about that yeah, yeah using the pack bait and stuff. back in the you know years ago i don't know about you i know that i started off and i wouldn't even use a barrel like i'm not gonna pack a barrel right in there. yeah and, i did the same thing until you start using trail cameras right and then see the thousands of crows or ravens that are on your bait exactly. and think you think it's just bears getting it. And then you realize, oh, man, that's, you know, there's yeah. 80 or 100 ravens on there at one time. Yeah. So those bears aren't as hungry as we thought. They yeah. Were. <laughs> yeah. So I went to barrels and probably like you. Yeah. Did. Yeah. They helped and, a lot. And, you know, it, it's not always fun packing those barrels in. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how far your bait is. but Baits, uh, yeah. Bates. I'm going to run three again this yeah. year. Yeah, so in Idaho, by the way, um, if, if you're not familiar, we can uh, run three baits. You get um, tags, and you purchase, I don't know how much they are, 15 bucks, I think? Yeah, yeah. Something so, like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Don't quote me on the price, but then you get three. You can run three baits. Per person. Per person. Um, if you're helping someone bait, then you need to put one of your bait tags on their yeah. bait as well. Mm -hmm. That's something I think. Yeah. I think people might kind of get themselves in trouble over that a little bit. I've never I'm heard not anybody, but yeah, but. me either. I haven't, but I could see somebody not paying attention and or not knowing the rules. I guess. Yeah. But, One uh, little rule I did hear or found out firsthand <laughs> a few years back is is um, I had a buddy that worked at a uh, one of these cold storage places, and he'd give me stuff. I remember one year he gave me two pallets of angel food cakes. Oh wow. It's pretty awesome. No, it was awesome. Another year, you gave me a jelly donut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't frost them. Uh, another year, he gave me like a pallet of um, it was like um, chunked up meat that I think called it bull meat or something like that. Bull meat, yep. And it was basically for grind, just to grind for storage, exactly. you know. Exactly. And and this what it what this storage place was is they would store all these stuff for all these companies, and sometimes they wouldn't pay, or they're like just toss it. We're not paying and toss it. So that's how I ended up with it. So one year he calls me up and says, hey, you want some crawfish? And I know some guys who use carp and stuff like that. Right. You know, I've never been a big fan just because, you know, I mean, I've heard how smelly it gets. And Yeah, I tried a carp one time. I, did I, it not work? It was like the bear literally ate everything but that. <laughs> I do know a guy who like <laughs> fermented some in a bucket. To the point that the lid was like bubbling. Oh my goodness! And then he strapped it to the back of his fat wheel bike. Yep. And the lid blew off. Oh no! <laughs> so he he said he's in his underwear driving home. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what that smelled like. But anyway, the these so these uh, crawdads, you know, I thought I said, you know, maybe I'll take a couple cases and try them. I here again, you know, it really is smart to check every regulation. I was not aware that it was a considered a game fish. Yep. Didn't know that. Yep. And they were farm raised, you know, it's not like they right. went out to the local canal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
And, you know, I, a uh, fishing game officer got a hold of me about it, and, and I was pretty fortunate that uh, he, uh, he didn't write me up, you know, and, and, you know, I told him where I got him from, and I could, I could vouch for it, and legally, I think he could have still wrote me up, but he probably saw that I, I know ignorance of the law isn't. Nope. An excuse, no but, excuse, Daryl. Yeah. Shame on you. I know, I know, but something just just make sure. You know, I know we've done it long enough now that you know I pretty much know what I can do and can't do. Watching your roads and all that makes sure you're not yeah. going to one that's closed. Exactly. Which now I know they made a law; they don't have to have it marked. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah. So I know some people have gotten in trouble for that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got to pay attention. It's it's tough, but I guess ultimately it's it's on us to make sure we're doing everything yeah. right. Yeah, That's that one video that you have. Tell us that story. I love that story about, and I know it's on uh, the website, the YouTube. Yeah, when you were putting bait in your barrel, when you the just got in. there, and the bear came in, you shot it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that bear's actually hanging behind you there. Is it? Yeah. So I, yeah, um, I was took a week off work to go. I use, I do every year yeah. towards the end of the season. I feel like the bears are starting to come into, uh, starting to rut that time of year. I guess mm -hmm. that's what it's called. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so I always take a week off. Well, I took the week off and I went and set up my camp and then I went, it was midday. It was like, two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, so that well, I'll go bait my barrel real quick and then go, you know, get out of there and then get ready to go and come back and hunt. Were you going to like put stuff by your stand or whatever? So you didn't have to pack it back and forth or do you ever do that? What kind of stuff? Like i sometimes I'll put my pack in there and stuff. So I can oh. just, Oh and, yeah. And the biggest reason is so, with less weight and less things on me, I have less chance of sweating and even yes. though I spray down. And yeah, no, stuff. yeah, absolutely. In fact, my video camera that time I had taken up with me and, and I had a, I have a hunt out tree stands and I have a, a tree arm, it's called, I yeah. think, that, you, that I put my camera on that swings around stuff. Really super handy. But anyway, I thought I'd take some stuff and leave it up there. So I did. I had put my camera in the uh, on the tree arm up in the tree stand. Oh, you already had I had it. already put it up there. Oh. And then, <clears throat> then I got down and started baiting. Well, pretty soon this beautiful cinnamon, he wasn't very big, but color-wise he was gorgeous, uh, started coming down the hill. And not having my camera, I did have uh, a GoPro. Oh, that's on, right. I had my GoPro on my um, stand. And then I did have my DSLR, which I filmed with a little bit, but I didn't have anything to set it on. It was on a mono okay. pod thing. So I just sat it down. But anyway, yeah, I turned that on. And that bear came in. It took him quite a while. I thought he'd left once. And, and every time I would rattle that can, you know, after I put the food in and then I uh, was shutting the, the lid and you know how loud that yeah. gets. Well, no matter how I do quiet that, I think that bear, I think that bear thought there was a bear on the bait. And so he was, he kept coming in and I grabbed my bow, had the GoPro rolling and he literally came to about eight yards from me and he sat down and I was behind a tree and I had pulled back when he walked behind the tree and he came in and sat down and I just center punched him right in the chest. He went, I don't know, 15 yards and piled up, but wow. it was a rush. Like, even though it wasn't a big bear, you almost had to though, when you get, I that felt piece. like at that point, like <laughs> I, I could have made a decision earlier to, you know, 
get back further or whatever. But at that point, he was so close. It was like, geez, you don't your mind starts playing games with you, I think, and you get a little get a little nervous about it sometimes. But yeah, I felt like that close to me, I was just gonna shoot him, so I did, and <laughs> that was my entire hunt. I know that was the first day, wasn't it? It was the very first day. I didn't yeah. even, I never even got in my tree stand that year. Like, it, I had to set up. Well, I shouldn't say that because I did hunt earlier in the year. I'd sat a couple. Evenings but for or your something. week, your week time, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, for my week, yeah, I never sat in it. And so the next day, you know, I got him take quartered up, packed out that night, um, got the hide taken care of that evening. And, um, the next day I packed up my, actually, that's not true. I, I decided I was had a week off. I went and looked for sheds for a few days. Oh, did some you? nice elk antlers up there. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for two days and then I, uh, actually there were wolves just howling all around me when I was shed hunting and that made me a little nervous and I never did see him, but I saw their tracks in the muddy roads and stuff and oh. um so i got out i just left. have you ever had any come in your bait once i've had one come in and i blew it and this was and it was before uh we could shoot them it was they were still yeah. uh listed or whatever you call it and so i was so i saw him coming in and i got all excited to just film him yeah and i flip and hit something metal getting all nervous and uh he he heard me and took off so he never did come into the bait mm. but frank did um buddy of mine frank potts he had one on his bait when he came in oh wow and uh it didn't want to leave it was pretty crazy he really finally, yeah he had a handgun with him and 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 still this was before you could hunt him and so he shot in the air a few times and tried to scare it off and it finally just meandered off wow but yeah but we and we got trail cam pictures of that one yeah i've got trail cam pictures of, in mine of a couple different ones yeah and before i used a trail camera um i'd shot my bear and, and a buddy asked if he could set my stand and i said yeah and so the day i killed or the day before i think i killed my bear within a day or so um when i went in there uh that's what it was it was it was the it was a couple days before i went and baited it and just a little because i usually cover mine this four barrels just would would cover mine up and there was a little bit of stuff moved but not normally when a bear comes in there's no question right and this time though there was just a little bit moved but it had a badgery skunk smell mm. and in that area i'd seen wolverines like years ago and i told this friend of mine that was with me i was like i bet this is a wolverine just because it wasn't all tore up and the smell it's i don't know if you've ever smelled one before but it's kind of like I a badger never seen one no i yeah. i don't think i've ever i've been seen two them. seen two yeah anyway uh so it was like the next day, I believe, is when it was, and it was that night. It was tore up pretty good. The next day, I sat it, killed a bear, and then a few days later, I had a friend of mine told him, "If you want to go set, you can," and he did. And he says, "Yeah, this weird thing came in," and he started describing it. Kind of, I kind of forgot about the Wolverine, and then he told me how it kind of. You know, they have a distinct way of the way they move. And mm -hmm. then I asked him about the colors. He said, yeah, so it was a Wolverine had come in the bait, which would be so cool. And this before I said I had a trail camera, so I didn't, you know, right. couldn't say for sure that's what it was. But Dang. 
that's the only one I've ever had come on any of my baits. Hmm. And I baited it's pretty cool years after that. So I don't know if, what happened to it, but I've had a moose come in and lick the can. Yeah, we we're sitting there. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, an elk, small, small bull. Yeah, had elk come in. I noticed that sometimes I've uh, that time of year I'll get like a group of because you're usually higher and in the trees mm-hmm. where antelope don't normally you know hang out exactly like they're it's like they're migrating back my yeah. migrating back in yeah. because they in a group all ratty looking and right exactly yeah have, have you ever had like a experience from the ground walking in anything like that yeah i mean i've walked in a few times with bears on my bait and one time though uh i had a friend with me and that was kind of afraid of heights and they just wanted to come along to film. And fortunately, like all my camera and everything was inside my pack still. And, but we're walking in and there's this nice bear on my bait, like Pope and young type bear, you know, and it had rained. It just finished raining. So it was super quiet and probably about 75 yards from the uh, bait. So, I told him just wait right here, and I, I didn't have a tripod for my camera because I used the tree arm, you know, so I didn't. I wasn't even thinking that at that point. I was just like, I want to kill this bear, and so I just slowly crept, crept up there, and I kept using the, the trees in between to kind of block its head and everything, and finally when I got, when I got forty yards, I ranged in. I thought, all right. He's through now, you know, definitely in my favor. Um, and then I, but me, you know, I always want to get real close. I always like to say, I like to get so close. I can't miss. Right. Although you can. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm in them close shots. Still. <laughs> but anyway, so I kept creeping up and finally I put the range finder as 26 yards. I'm like, all right, this is close enough. You know, the closer you get as good as bears hearing is, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, I'm not going to blow this. I mean, you know, it's well within range. So I drew back and shot. Bear ran right towards the truck. <laughs> I think it was like just a little bit after 6. And we were loaded up and driving out there before dark. So, that's good. yeah, that was. It's kind of nice when it happens like that. Yeah, right? that where in the rain it stopped. So it was just I typically nice. don't. Uh, you usually looking for them in the dark. Or oh yeah! If, when I'm by myself, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. A lot of times, I'll wait till the next day to go look for my half. Yeah, I have because usually it's cold enough. I don't think I've ever. I do like to save. Yeah, Idaho, you don't have to save the meat on bears, yeah. but I do like to save the meat. And, and there was that. a time there where it went back to you had to save the meat, right? And then it went again. But I, I can't leave it. Justify it? Yeah, Me I just either. can't leave it. Me I either. mean, even if I make sausage and give it away right. or whatever. Um, if you got a lot of meat in the freezer, you know, I just have a hard time leaving it there. I agree. So I agree. And you know, this last, uh, bear I killed, uh, for years, I mean, the very first bear I killed back in the eighties, uh, I made like steaks and all that. And I'm not going to lie. A bear steak at that time is probably the way I prepared it. Right. It just wasn't all that great. It was pretty chewy. And right. Whatnot. But <laughs> well, so, you're afraid to not cook them good enough. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You hear all the stories. Yeah. So I started doing the sausage thing and 
you know, bacon and that type of thing. And, and anyway, the last bear I killed, um, I didn't even get to really, I didn't get to hunt last year. Um, I went out one evening actually, but anyway, uh, I, I told myself, all right, I'm going to cut it up just like I do other wild game. I did have some scraps and stuff too, but I decided I wanted to make some steaks and roast because there's a lot of people out there that for some people, that's their favorite meat is bear. Right. And it was good. And granted, it wasn't a huge bear. And I don't know if that made a difference. No, it didn't because that first bear I killed wasn't a huge bear. (laughs) So it was probably just the way I cooked it. Right. And probably so. I've always been too scared to, to try. I did tenderize like the steaks you know, of course, you can Did put you? a roast in a crock pot. You can put a boot in a crock pot, and that's, it'll be good. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, good. maybe I don't know. I would love to hear other people's uh, ways how they cook bear meat yeah. too. It'd be interesting. Maybe learn something new ourselves. Yeah. You know. So we just yeah we shredded up the meat, and I actually think uh, we did a uh, like a burrito taco bar at our house one time okay. with a bunch of different meats. Yeah. And there was quite a few people over there. And, of course, they know, you know, right. most likely if it's at my house, it's it had parents. Parents, <laughs> <laughs> right? So whatever it is, That's you know. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, the people, but everyone who did try it when I told them after, they loved it. So That's I know good. it's, you know, it's good. Right. Let's uh, let's talk a little strategy. Like how, how far do you set your you usually hunt out of a blind, actually, right? For the well, I've hunted out of both, and and you know, um, probably earlier in the season, I've hunted probably more out of blinds, primarily because the weather. I, right. I've been in a many, yes. many, many stands and got soaked, then cold. You know, I am really excited about using the tree saddle this year that we got coming from trophy line you yeah. know i'm excited about I, using those. i am too yeah I, I am too because i think my biggest thing with uh i always hunt out of a tree stand and frankly i've been hunting the same spot for at least eight or nine ten years something like that and uh this tree it's just the perfect it's the perfect spot and it's a 28 yard shot yeah so not bad Although I've missed, in fact, <laughs> in fact, I missed a bear last year, <laughs> and I ended up not killing one. But uh, but it's like it's got a huge, it's got plenty of cover behind you. It's got, in fact, it's got um, you know limbs below me. I've had literally had bears walk. I could have spit on them. They're just right below me, and my tree stands not only it's not very far off the ground, oh. like maybe twelve feet. That's it. You should know from when you fell. I do. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. It's <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, you know, it's a good learning, uh, good lesson though. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll I'll hear it. I haven't talked about this much on any YouTube type stuff, but yeah, I did. Oops. I was actually taking my tree stand down two years ago. Yeah, and it came loose, and I. It was your ladder stand, right? It was my ladder stand, and I was standing on the ladder. It started to fall forward. I did not have a safety harness on. That's what I'm embarrassed about. Stupid decision. But uh, it 
it did. And I went to jump off. And like I said, it's not very far off the ground. So I thought I could jump and land safely. The problem was my foot got stuck on the rung of the ladder and it flipped me and I landed on my ribs with my arm up like that. Luckily, I think landing with my arm up, it um, kept my head from hitting the ground. And so I had no neck issues at all. Could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. Because I have a friend who actually died from Yeah, I know. And that's the first thing, man. It's funny how fast that happens and then how how slow motion it can feel at the same time. But I hit the ground and I have never hurt so bad in my life. For weeks, huh? Wasn't it? Weeks. And it was... and. 99% 99% of the time I'm there by myself. Luckily I had a friend with me. Lee was with me that day and I almost landed on him when I fell. He was kind of looking the other way and he, and I fell and he just kind of turned around and looked at me. Thump. But man, my <laughs> hips, I thought for sure my hips were broken and my ribs. And, uh, luckily, you know, I went to the emergency room and actually another funny part of the story is my daughter was, is an x-ray tech and she rushed down to the top uh, hospital. She wasn't working, but she, my daughter actually took my x-rays Oh wow! for that. And, um, anyway, yeah. So just wear a flipping Safety harness. harness yeah. Jeez. I know That's there's stupid. times where, yeah, you, especially like that, you think, ah, I'll be okay this time. Exactly. You know? and that's, it takes out one time and it, yeah, I'm talking from experience now. It happens so fast. There is, I don't care if you're Superman. You couldn't, there's nothing you could yeah. do. You are just, you're, you're just along for the ride at that point. Yeah. You pray nothing, nothing happens. Sorry about bringing it up. It's okay. <laughs> I deserved it. It's out there. I feel better. So, but anyway, let's, can we go back to what we were talking yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I yeah, actually plant. put my tree stand when I do pretty high. Yeah, like, I know you do. Cause uh, years ago I went with you. Daryl and I don't get to hunt together very often. So, uh, we don't have a lot of stories together other than, you know, antelope just a handful of times. And, yeah. yeah antelope. Bear, antelope. Pig. Yeah. P- pigs mm-hmm. in California, yeah. uh, antelope in Nevada, but overall yeah. not much. But, um, anyway, I did go bear hunting with them one time and this was before I ever, used tree this before i really started bear hunting much i think Uh well first we were we were actually at that time i think i was hunting with a rifle and we were just sitting way back off the sites when we were killing bears that way but anyway i got in and we got to daryl's site and i look up i'm like oh my goodness that tree stand is way up there and i had zero experience in tree stands at that point i don't think i'd ever even sat in one i can't remember so it scared me if i had steps that screwed in or a ladder because i know like my ladder you know the ones where you put them together um the the steps like that i usually combine two yeah because they're like i think you did it was way up there yeah i'm usually up there 20 25 feet and even on that and i'm gonna stay on that trip for a second because when we walked in there was a bear do you remember there being a bear on the site when we walked in and i hadn't seen very many bears at that time so i was like oh it looked huge to me and daryl's like "Eh." let it walk i'm like are you kidding me i would have killed that in a heartbeat (laughs) it wasn't a big bear (laughs) (laughs) i just seemed big to me at the time but bears have a lot of ground shrinkage when you walk on them don't they i mean even a big one doesn't look that big to me now with a barrel, I mean, it does give you a little more perspective, Absolutely. but so back in the day, you know, I would get, 
And uh, when I would put a pile, of course, you're usually by a tree because I would make a V to yep. so the bear would have to come in, you know, a certain angle. Mm -hmm. I'd make a mark on the tree okay. just to kind of give me an idea. Okay, if he hits that mark, then he's... Realistically, I know you've seen enough bears like me now, like myself now, and I, you know, have friends or I've helped quite a few people get started and everything. You're like, how do you know a big bear? And it's like, when you see a big bear, there's no question, 100%, in my opinion, the way they carry themselves, just how they walk. Yeah, the, it's yeah, different. Just, yeah. It's different. Yeah. Until you see one, you don't get that. Though. They're not looking over their shoulder like you know the younger that, ones are. You know, and that's that's a very good point. That's something interesting because. I, a lot of times I feel like it's easier to kill if you can get them to come in during the daylight, it's easier to kill a big bear because they don't care. They right. Don't. They, they own that flipping yeah. site. So yeah. they're just walk. That's what, that's been my experience. They yeah. just walk in. Yeah. Everything scatters, but exactly. yeah, the little ones, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, you're, they're nervous. They're nervous. Boy, then they'll grab something to run off with it. Especially like when years ago, I used to use a lot of like meat being a, I was a meat cutter for so right. many years and right. I get a big chunk of meat. Instead of cutting it up smaller, so they'd have to stay there, which I've learned, you know, the smaller stuff does work better. Uh, they'd just grab a big old chunk and run off oh, and go eat it. And then right. they'd sneak back in, looking over their shoulder, always doing this stuff. And right. Yeah, like a big one just comes in and they're just kind of like, whatever. Exactly. You know, lay in the bait. They lay right there, don't they? I shot one. Uh, I've shot more than one that literally was laying it's like I said before, barrels too. Yeah. I can't remember how many years I've been using barrels now, but it's... It's been several years, but I baited, you know, I baited all the way back in the eighties. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, um, back then, you know, we never even thought about barrels in, but, but yeah, they would lay, just lay right in the middle of it. Isn't that less. funny? I remember a bear big, there's a big sow and a big boar came in and it was fairly late in the evening. You know, they, they wait till just about dark if they come in during times, the day, a lot of times. And he came in and laid down just facing right at me so i had no shot huh. it's only 28 yards like i said but and it was getting darker and darker and darker and i was like oh i'm not gonna get to shoot this bear and he's huge and uh did you not get to shoot him i did not get to shoot him did, so let me ask you this was he still in there when it's dark dark yeah so i what i do, do i take my arrow i'll start with this and actually, gosh, we, I got so many stories to tell us. It's hilarious. But I'll start digging my um, tree stand first, you know, with oh. just with the air. Just try to scare them off, you know. And, and then uh, usually that works. And I can't remember. I'm pretty sure on that one that did work. But I've had bears where, uh, I, and I end up killing this bear because, and it ended up being, a, and it was a really nice bear, but I had a bigger one sh uh, hitting. That's why I didn't want to shoot this one. But he would not leave. I would stand up and screaming or yelling, you know, waving my hands and all this stuff. And and finally he, he did walk off once. And then the next, I think it was about two days later, he came in and he wouldn't leave. And I... I I had to, sh I shot him <laughs> and he was a nice bear, like a really nice bear, but there was a bigger one, even bigger uh, one. That's yeah. why I didn't want to shoot him, you know, but yeah, that, that video is on, on the YouTube channel too. I'll, I'll leave is links it? to some of these hunts, uh, Hell down yeah. in the description. So I've actually talked to him before. Yeah. Said, hey, it's about time you get, you leave. Okay. Right? I want to get out of my stand and <laughs> right? looking at you like what? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's one of my biggest fears actually is I have to walk down this trail 
Have you ever been up to my base? Yeah, I've been up there one time. Yeah. To walk down this trail, and it's over the years, it was an old logging trail, but over the years, it's just <clears> grown <throat> in. And so it's just kind of a trail, and, and there's some fairly thick spots, and it's always my biggest fear to. What I have found, though, for the most part, I mean, it is that I've come, I don't know about you, I've come face to face with a couple sows with cubs. That's yeah. always my biggest. Yes. I guess fear if I if you have one and I I um, I've been fortunate because both times and one of them I was on the ground and actually thought um, I actually thought this little cub it was just breaking daylight I thought it was a porcupine in a tree because I just saw black mm-hmm. and it was that early and anyway and then it turned and when it did I saw the ears and I went I stopped. And about the time I stopped, the sow with another cub came walking around the bush on the same trail I'm at. I had pepper spray, okay? And all I have to say is there's no way I could have got the, I couldn't have got the pepper spray out quick enough. Right. Maybe to spray some seasoning on myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh and and I quit carrying it then, and I mean I later on I ended up getting a pistol and carrying it, but right. but and I was, certainly wouldn't want to have shoot, but if it got down to right, an well I I don't think another thing too is I don't think people realize how fast a bear oh, can run, man. and I so I told that story earlier about me shooting that bear at eight yards that walked in on me. Yeah, there was a big black bear on my bait one time, and. It was the same exact, I could almost tell the exact same story, but two different bears. It was the first day I was just going up to check my bait. It was midday. I had li- literally left work, drove up there. Anyway, this bit, and he was a good bear on, uh, on my site. No, it's not that bear right there. But anyway, uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm shooting him. You know, I'd seen him on the truck camera. I recognized him right away. Yeah. So I crawled up and I was about... I was a little under 20 yards, I think, or right at 20 yards. I was closer than my tree stand, I know. And I shot that bear, and he spun, and he didn't know I was there, but he ran at me. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I have that video on YouTube, too, but I I don't know if he caught a glimpse of me, and it scared him. He about halfway to me, three-quarters away, and he turned and um, jumped the trail and went down into into the thick stuff, which, by the way, I had to go crawl in, and thank goodness... When I found that bear, I'm so glad he was dead because I was on my hands and knees. Do you have a gun? I had a gun, yeah. It was the next day because it was uh, I couldn't find him the night before. Oh. So I called some friends and my brother and we or uh, not my brother, a couple of buddies, and we went and uh, dug through the uh, the willows and stuff, and I found him. But I literally was two feet from him when I actually saw him, so oh. if he'd have been alive. Yeah, that could have been ugly. Yeah, but anyway, point being that. He could have been on me. There's no way I could yeah. have pulled a gun out oh, after after that, and and or or pepper spray. So I had that pepper spray in one of those like had those like six pocket pants they call them, you know. Yeah. And I had the side pocket. Yeah. And it was flopping around too much. Uh, my pack, my I think I had a fanny pack at the time. It wouldn't fit, you know, the little scabber thing that the pepper yep. spray comes in. So I just stuck it in that. But it was slopping around too much that. Um, I had snapped one of the buttons on there oh. and that prevented me from getting it out, oh, you know, God, yeah. but, and, and fortunately she ran up the other, she ran the other way and made a couple noises. The bear jumped the cub, ran mm-hmm. out of the tree, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and took off. Um, I, I was in a stand another time 
and I don't mind. I it doesn't bother me at all if I got a sow coming in with kind of with cubs because they're going to eat a lot of stuff. But and this might have been one of the times where I didn't realize how many birds are probably on my bait. But I had a sow come in with two cubs, and I let them eat for a while. And finally, I'm like, all right, that's enough. Right. Eating too much food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a, there was a little stick that had fallen on my tree stand on the on the um, platform. And I kind of scooted it behind so I wouldn't touch it or anything. But I went in and grabbed it, and I threw it at him. And Sal went one way, Cub went one, you know, up the hill, and then one ran down below me. And I'm standing there, uh, you know, watching them. And all of a sudden, I hear a noise, and I look. And this thing had climbed my tree. Oh, boy. And it was about, shoot, three, four feet away from my feet. And I just remember looking over, and then the bear looked at me and, you know, jammed down the the tree. Yeah. I've never had one do that. It was, you know, it was tiny. It was small, but still. Yeah, Yeah. So, I mean, I just got a lot of respect for them. Oh, 100%. And... Uh, but like you said, they are fast. They are yeah, super fast. I've done some spotting and stalking, like the hunt that I tried to draw this year. Um, I saw a lot of bears on that hunt, and I put some stalks on some. And I got definitely in bow range of some bears, but nothing I wanted to shoot. I was being pretty picky. Mm-hmm. When you're seeing, you know, in two or three days, you're seeing 16, 18 bears. Right. You know, would you want to, I wanted to be a little picky. Absolutely. And I saw, I did see some big ones, but the big ones just didn't work out for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, I know you've been hunting that same spot, mm-hmm. uh, for all those years. Has, um, has the vegetation on your tree, do you, do you have to usually do much to it at all? Or does it pretty much stay the same? You know, I, no, I really haven't. I don't think. I know it's like grown out further and I can't see like where I look, I can look up a hill and I can't see that anymore. But as far as where I set my tree stand, it's weird. It's just a natural pocket. There's no limbs there or anything. And that's good. Yeah. I've never, I've never had to do anything to the tree. Oh, there's nothing worse. I've trimmed in the years past, trimmed a few, uh, limbs. And then next thing you know, there's sap. Yes. (laughs) Well, there's, there's plenty of sap in that. Actually, years ago i can't believe it's still there we there was one limb that we tied with a shoestring i had for whatever reason you know i used to carry spare shoe boot strings and stuff and we tied a limb back because at one point we were putting two tree stands in there one to uh-huh. foam and now i use a double tree stand on there which had worked really well the last couple of years but anyway it, that limb was kind of in the way so i don't know seven eight years ago we tied that tree that uh, limb with a shoestring and it is still tied there like i can't believe it has <laughs> never broke or anything it's oh, <laughs> pretty wow. crazy crazy wow. but anyway yeah the um tree saddle i think it's gonna have some pretty good versatility this year that's quite oh i know yeah so yeah like i said again we don't have much experience with these but we're learning and Exciting. i can't wait to get it and just to watch the videos of kind of how those guys the, um, use them I, I think it's going to be pretty cool yeah pretty unique. part of my problem was just the, the bad part of that tree, I guess the only bad part is it kind of leans back. So you, all, I have to kind of scoot forward in my tree stand to, oh. to pull my bow back. Okay. And 
this will be good for them. I'm not making excuses, but I think that's why I've missed a few bears. I just didn't wasn't comfortable in my positioning. Yeah, and so even I, with a even with a harness on, you still there's still that exactly leaning forward. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to just getting that right angle, and then to have to move forward in your train in your stand when there's bears that close. You don't you know that noise can it oh, does not take much. I, I years ago before uh, like my very first tree stand. Um, I bought it from a guy and the platform was small. It didn't even have a seat. Oh boy. And so it was a tree stand. Right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so what I did was I ended up, you know, it went from weighing probably 12 pounds to 20 pounds because I added some, uh, extra, uh, plywood to it to make it bigger. Gotcha. And then I put mm-hmm. carpet on it and I would just sit on it and mm-hmm. kind of lean back, you know? And that was planned on shooting, just sitting down. Well, I remember a sow came in with cubs and I barely moved. I mean, and I wasn't going to shoot obviously, but I just moved enough to get, and the reason why I did, I wanted to get comfortable so I didn't have to move at all. The, their hearing is just insane. How right. Good it is. That's unbelievable. And they were probably 40 yards away or more. And just that little tiny, I mean, just an inch or two. That sow, like, boom, looked right up at my tree, yep. you know, that direction. Right. And she went, they went from being super quiet, and all of a sudden she just went, rrr, rrr. and they came in, did two small cubs with her. And she would, it was funny because she would just look up at me with those little beady eyes, yes. you know. And, she, and my, that stand wasn't real high. Um, but the cubs go in the bait. She's kind of sniffing around, and I had taken a uh, a bucket back then. I didn't even have a pack frame. <laughs> I would just take two buckets, five-gallon buckets, and dump it. And I remember I only took one with me that day, but it had, you know, restaurant crap in there, you know, or slop and mm-hmm. bacon grease. I remember there's really, there a lot of bacon grease in that one. But I had taken that bucket, and I hung it on the top step, which was probably, you know, two feet from my feet dangling. Nice. <laughs> If that, and did you think that one out very well? <laughs> <laughs> so the sow takes off and disappears, and the two cubs are sitting there. I'm just kind of enjoying watching them, you know. And all of a sudden, I look over, and she, what she had done, is she made a big old circle and was walking right up the trail that I came in on. And next to this tree, there was like an old tree that was cut off next to it, so it was a short stump. And she got up on that stump and then looks up at me mm. and I'm thinking, oh, you know, please don't climb. Right. <laughs> sure. She, she did. Mm-hmm. She climbed up that tree and then she starts hitting that bucket. <laughs> I'm sure she could smell Absolutely. all that. And that was when I talked to, and I mean, after doing it a little bit, I mean, my, by now I was shooting a recurve at the time and I just remember looking at my broadhead and it's just shaking, you know, <laughs> cause I still have my arrow on there. Right. But finally I just turned over and I says, all right, honey, that's enough. All right. <laughs> and man, her eyes got big. And then she, she jumped down off the tree and grabbed a chunk of meat and made a couple noises and they all took off. Luckily there again, that was another encounter that I think maybe if you got between the cubs and her could be a different situation. Sure. But, oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I but, mean, I've always heard I've never really had them get aggressive with, you know, the cubs and stuff. I really haven't had that many sows come in with cubs uh, on occasion. 
and most of them have been older. I've seen them on my trail cam, you yeah. know, um, a few times. For the most part, I think they're more, people get really worried about bears, even like getting out of the stand. There is kind of something about oh, yeah. getting out of the stand. If you know, there's bears around. Exactly. Um, but, uh, for the most part, they're, they're a lot more afraid of us, I think, than they are. I agree. You know, yeah. and we are them. Usually so. one little noise, they go on. Yeah. You get, you get the occasional, you know, yeah, I was talking about that one earlier that I ended up shooting. Um, not saying he would have done anything to me, but it gets in your head. Sure. But still, he was way more aggressive than, than most bears are, you know. I've had, I've tried to spook off some smaller ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had it happen and they puff up. <laughs> they kind of turn their legs out and right. they just kind of puff up and look at you. You know, I've had them do that. The smaller ones do that, but a little scary. Yeah. Incredibly so, strong animal for sure. There's a couple of nice bears you got here. Yeah. Those are a couple off, off that stand. Um, probably told a couple of those stories already. I don't know. I don't think you guys can see them, but I have some more skulls up there, but that's always a fun thing in the spring. That and, I enjoy turkey hunting a lot, yeah. too. See, I've never got, I've never actually, I took, I went turkey hunting one time for my son, and he did kill a turkey, my, my middle son, Cooper, and uh, but I never have had the opportunity to go myself, and maybe Any you'll time. take, maybe you'll take me this year. Yeah, anytime, <laughs> it's fun. I mean, good thing turkeys can't smell, that's all yeah. I got to say, because their eyesight is, Incredible. And their hearing, yeah, is unbelievable. So yeah. if they could smell, they'd be really hard to kill. Right. <laughs> I think they're, I don't know how hard they are to kill, I guess. I don't have enough experience with them, but. I've killed some out of the blind. I'm tar- most of my kills with a bow. And I've killed some just happen to be sitting, you know, out and about pig hunting. I did that a few times where I was hog hunting in California and turkey season's going on. So you do that at the same, this Time of year too. I t- yeah, and I try to time it so. Well, of course, pig hunting's all year round, California. Right. Oh, that's true. But okay. uh, but turkey season, obviously, there's a season, so I usually try to time it so I can do both if I can. And, okay. And there's been a couple of times where I didn't go there. I wasn't going to turkey hunt like then. I was hog hunting, but I happen to have a diaphragm. A, I remember one time it was a elk diaphragm from the year before and they're all kind of matted together right. and i'm sitting there trying to get some spit in between them to make it sound halfway decent and i call a nice tom um mid-afternoon called him right in and he was strutting away and i waited till he turned the other way and drew back a shot with no it's blind kind of or anything pretty my limited experience it was pretty uh similar to elk hunting as far as calling them in and that yeah. kind of stuff i was kind of it's more of a rush than I thought it would be. It is. You know, it's pretty cool. Very first turkey I shot was actually um, in Georgia. And I went with a guy who was uh, Joe Drake, who's, you know, he's won some world titles in the past and super good. But I'll never forget when that Tom come over the hill. And turkeys here, like in Idaho, compared to them things back there, is almost night and day. Because they get so much pressure. Um, you know, I had seen turkeys around here, but I didn't really hunted them much at that point. And, you know, you see them off the side of the road. They just kind of walk off or might run up the hill or whatever. But back there, I remember we turned a corner, and they were, they were out there several hundred yards. And they didn't just walk off. They ran and flew. And I'm like, what spooked those? And he goes, we did. And I'm like, really? He says, yeah, they, they're cagey. And they were. 
So when the turkey did finally come in, I was with a shotgun. I'll just never forget me sitting there thinking, I am so shaken so much, like if it was a big bull elk or something else right. over a bird. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but like any other hunting, when I don't get excited, I want to quit. Yes. Yeah. So with you. it was fun. Yep. Anyway, so. Well, what do you think? Well, I think maybe we maybe covered a couple stories. And I think so, too. It was kind of fun. We need to talk could... about, we'll talk about gear another time for, because most of our hunts, the gear's a lot the same. Mm-hmm. I know that you do have to, real quick, I think we need to, when it comes to bear hunting, you need to be prepared for about anything out there. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, about anything will happen, including falling out of trees. <laughs> A couple years ago, we had a bad windstorm. Yeah. And a bunch of trees were falling. That's true. And a buddy of mine that was hunting, he was hunting in another spot. He got out of his tree because, I mean, trees were falling all around him. Yeah. I I stood in the tree and rode out the eight seconds plus, but it was (laughs) was Yeah, I think think it was that. might have been the same storm. We were up at my site, and we were just baiting that day. And... That storm come rolling in, and, and my friend Lee was with me, and uh, we we decided we better get out of there. So we did. We started heading down the trail, and a tree had there was a tree that had fallen earlier, and we had stopped to saw it down because it was kind of in the way. We had to work to get around it, getting up there. We just got that tree sawed down and st- took about three steps, and another. Uh, a tree fell maybe 30 yards in front of us. And we both feel like if we wouldn't have stopped to uh, saw that tree down, yeah, that thing would have fell. I, I don't know if it would have fell on us, but it would have been really close. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely something you need to be. Aware yeah. I, of. I come out from after I killed the bear one night, it was about one in the morning and a tree, we got a windstorm and a tree had fallen across the road, which, when it comes to being prepared and stuff, I mean, since then, I fortunately had my little Wyoming saw, which wasn't like it got the job done, yeah. but any bigger on that tree, it would have been challenging. So I went out and I bought a bow saw, a bigger one. Right. I keep it in my truck, and I've had to use it a couple times since mm-hmm. then. That's been a lot of years ago, probably 12, 15 years ago, but mm-hmm. can never be prepared mm-hmm. enough when it you're out there. No, and inevitably something will happen you're not prepared for regardless you know that's just how it goes you know you got to think about things like uh you know if you kill a bear what do you do next you know and you gotta and how far are you in i have to quarter mine up to get him out of there you use you have a uh in reach now do you not i do and isn't that a good investment oh my goodness it makes just for those things like that exactly yeah Yeah. and and actually i bought the in reach well i was my wife made me buy the inReach. She bought it for me because of the tree stand accident when I fell out of that tree. Then that's when we decided, you know, you're enough by yourself enough. Yeah. You better have something with you. Yeah. And it's it's worth every penny. Yeah. You know. My wife bought me one before she was my wife. Oh, is that right? Because she just wanted to be able to keep in contact. Yeah, with me exactly. And, and I got yeah. so used to not talking to anybody that it's been hard because you can text people you know off of that thing and which is really cool and makes the world a little smaller honestly but yeah um do you know i, I don't use it as much as i 
could use it. Yeah. You know, I pay for the unlimited. The, yeah, the unlimited. Yeah. So I could text all day long if I wanted to. I, I never do. I forget I have it, to be perfectly honest with you. But but then you see it on your pack, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, it's good. I'm glad I have that just in case yeah. something happens. You yeah, know? that was, yeah, that it's was like, a really good good investment. Well, I, I got stranded in uh, Arizona at a battery cable break. Fortunately, and I did have an inReach. Fortunately, I had one bar and I was able to call out. But had I not, I would have, you know, used my inReach. In yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and it was when COVID was going on and I, but he was three hours away. Mm. But he was so bored at home and tired of working from home that he says, <laughs> I'll, make a I'll make a trip and come and help you. Happy like, to come help you. Oh, Just yeah. looking for a reason to get out of the house. That's pretty much what it was, which I so appreciated <laughs> right, that. Because right. uh, he brought everything to doctor it up. And, That's good. And, you know, that brings me to, to think about, I know just what we're talking about, being prepared. And I know you have one, those little um, jump packs. Yes. I mean. Right. Oh man, like uh, we, he he showed up and you know we had to jump the truck, mm -hmm. but you know what if he couldn't have or whatever when mm -hmm. I needed to jump those mm -hmm. things are those things are so handy and they're not you know like get them at Costco I think I got them yeah there for, I mean it's not something for, you'd carry around your pack because no. they're relatively heavy but, but in yeah your truck, when you're out of when you're out of cell service and something happens you just want to be as prepared as you can yeah and it's amazing how many years we went without being prepared do you use a solar ever um phone no no actually camera? well i do have um a solar thing but i don't use it much anymore a lot of times uh i use i use that pack jump pack actually to charge batteries oh and then if i'm coming back to the rig then i'll charge you know i carry enough batteries with me for a day yeah. so that's no big deal but then i'll charge batteries at night you know when i'm sleeping and stuff. so you take it with you back country like that charger no no, I don't. I usually take enough batteries to last however long. Yeah, those little um, the little battery uh, packs for like your phone, the USB. Oh, things. I do. I do carry those. Yeah. Yeah, and I carry a cord so I can charge my phone and stuff, yeah. or or cameras with that if I need to. I have a couple of those. Uh, those little, are pretty handy. They are. Things. Yeah, and they're and, not very heavy. And I have a couple of those, and what I'll do is leave it at camp, plugged in with my solar. Okay. While I'm gone during the day. Right. And then if I've used any at all, I'll swap them out. So then I've always got, you know, try to have a battery charge. Exactly. In case yeah. you're in It depends on the situation. If you're in backcountry stuff, you, you got to treat it old totally different than if you're coming back to a spike arrow main camp every yeah. night. And you have access to power to recharge stuff. That makes it you know, a little easier to deal with that kind of stuff you know to film do the filming thing it's like you're always worrying or thinking about battery charge and yeah making sure you have enough stuff and <laughs> carrying extra weight i, I know, know yeah i know i carry probably more stuff than brutal on my body when right? it comes to that but gosh i like to have things too yeah, i, I mean, do too i'm not very good at roughing it <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind it one bit you know but i've right i'd rather personally you know have a little bit heavier pack and have because there's nothing worse than not being comfortable out there especially right. when it comes to your tent and your sleeping bag right. and right. and that type of hats off to the guys who do the hardcore yeah cutting their toothbrush in half right. to save a couple ounces 
You yeah. know, I've done all that stuff in the past. And, yeah. And it's got its place for sure. Sure. I still don't mind. If I need to do that, then I'm willing to still do that. But but you know what is amazing like is like binoculars. You know, I went from the 12 by 50. I had the 12 by 50 mm-hmm. ELs for years. And I went to the NLs. And it's literally a few ounces difference, but but the size is smaller on them too. Mm-hmm. And I love them. Yeah. And I I think about man, it's only a few ounces difference, but you you can't feel it. Yeah. And so I totally get the guys you know that are that do that type of thing Absolutely. with you know being super lightweight. Mm-hmm. But yes, anyway, sir. so. That's a wrap for this. Another one in the books. Yeah, number two, two down. A whole bunch more to go. Yeah, we appreciate you know you guys uh, listening out there and certainly enjoy your feedback that we've gotten and and you know we're we're not experts at this so we want to hear it and we you know like the like the YouTube channel and give us your thoughts and I'm. I'll always be open-minded. You're never too seasoned for that, I don't right. think. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we do appreciate you guys and uh, help us out if you like this stuff. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I think we'd like to answer some questions. We talked about that a little bit last time. And uh, once we get these on, you know, we'll be doing them. We're still going to try and do them once a week, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh Got some guests lined up. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. It's kind of fun to get some of our own stories out of the way, and then we'll <laughs> start listening to other people's stories, too. We're too old. We've got so many stories. I always know. Be chiming in. There. We could almost do this whole thing without any guests, yeah, but, but I think it'd be a lot of fun to oh, yeah. have other people. I'm excited about yeah having some other people. Cause I'm they, really excited. I could do, you know, we could do a whole other podcast on bear hunting. Oh, I man. feel like I, yeah. I kept stuff kept popping in my head that we didn't even talk about today. And we have, we know, we know other bear hunters that are really good dudes. And I think we would like to get them on there on here. Yeah. And then even some guys that do some of the supplies of bait. bait. Yeah. And we didn't really talk about bait much today. I started to go there and then we got sidetracked weird with another story. Imagine that. But, uh, squirrel. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Daryl. But anyway, so yeah, I'd still like to talk about that stuff, but man, that's for another time. And yeah, we can do that. We'll get those other guys here and, or something. And that'd be fun. Yeah. But anyway. Thanks, John. Appreciate it's you guys. Good. Thank you, Daryl. Yep. See you guys. See ya.